Hello and welcome to New Report, your weekly roundup of all the latest Nigan news and all other photographic announcements that we found interesting. I think so. Never said that before, <laughs> did I? Keeping it fresh. Yeah. So it's Constant here and uh, here is... Becky. Yeah, that's her. That's me. In the flesh. Uh-huh. And it's number 123. One, two, three. Yeah. Wow. We can go to four and five eventually. <laughs> 1,234. Yeah. This is a Shazam Street with Con and Becky. I don't know about that. Being <laughs> in retirement by that point. Um, should we talk about the news? Yeah, sure. Let's start with the ZFC firmware update. Yes. Less of an exciting firmware update. I was anticipating something a bit more juicy, but essentially what they've done is fixed an issue that occurred in rare cases where autofocus would fail when AF area mode was set to pinpoint AF or when shooting dark or low contrast subjects. That's true. It's not as juicy as your book back here, but it's serviceable. Exactly. This is version 1.41. If you've got a ZFC and you'd like to update it, we've included the link in the description box just for you. Now on to Z180-600 lens that's supposed to come out this month. So it's been announced last month and we have different stories coming from different parts of the world. So the first one comes from the United States and one of the DP review posts on the forum where chap called Benelkine says, I spoke to B&H with their service department and they say that their order will be fulfilled on the first week of August. He placed an order on the 21st of June and he believes that he will get one of the first batches. So as early as next week. Now, in UK, as far as I understand, we don't have any update. No, as far as I know, the 180 to 600 release date has actually been delayed. I believe this is for the whole world, not just for UK and Europe, because I don't know where the B&H staff are getting their info from, but it would seem bizarre that they would not delay it in America, but would delay it everywhere else. Saying that, we don't have any news either way, so we don't actually know when the release date is yet. All we were told was that it was originally going to be in August, and now we've been told it might be close to end of August. Possibly. Maybe. Potentially. Okay. Well, you know, this is actually kind of confirmed by Nikon Japan, right. who issued their own notice regarding the release date of Nikon Z180-600. They said, thank you for your continued patronage of Nikon products. The Nikkor Z180-600, which is scheduled to be released in August 2023, has received a large number of reservations, exceeding our expectations. Oh no, again! Therefore, I think that Nikon needs to raise their expectations for every release. Anyway, Before, we were releasing such bad products that no one wanted them, and somehow we got lucky. Again, no one wants a Z8. They oversaw, they had to issue a notice. Every time. Every time, Nikon, come on. Therefore, it will take time to adjust the release date, and we plan to announce the release date around August 17th. We will do our best to deliver it as soon as possible, so we appreciate your understanding, end quote. Now, that doesn't even tell us what the release date is. All it says is that they plan to announce the release date on August 17th. That's already over halfway through August, so... That's true. So now keep in mind that Nikon Japan is its own entity. And in some cases, Nikon Japan had different release dates in Japan for certain items than in EU and United States. So for example, 24mm 1.7 recently released, mm -hmm. came out a week later mm -hmm. in Japan. And then the 26 millimeter f 2.8 lens that was actually released in March in the UK and USA is actually the release date was the 9th of June in Japan. I wonder why that 
is. It's strange. It reminds me, remember we talked about the console launches back in the day where they would release them in different territories on different dates, and that's what's to do with the stock supply. So, you know, they couldn't produce enough mm -hmm. to release those on those territories, and obviously, you know, video games had to be, you know, produced for certain territories and uh, and localized, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously, it's not. It's nothing to do with the lenses. No. You know, I assume the lenses are not as popular as something like would be Nikon Z8 yeah. or something like this. But at the same time, we also live in a global world where you can order things from Japan if you want to. You can order things leaving the UK from the United States. That's I right. frequently order from Amazon.com, nice. not the .co.uk, mm. and things get delivered without any custom charges, etc. That's you handy. Know. However, it could be that it is connected to what you said, so it could be a delay, mm -hmm. but it could be specific to Japanese region. So take from it what you will and uh, let us know in the comments below. If you receive your 180 to 600. Then you lack it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, now. Now, now, now is the rumor territory. So apparently the whole internet is gearing up towards the release of the retro full-frame Nikon camera. Some people are ranting about this, how they don't want it. Some people are in love with it. No one saw the camera yet. But according to Nikon rumors, the announcement is going to happen as soon as August the 2nd. Well, as it is probably August the 2nd when you're watching this and... There's no announcement. <laughs> All you hear is a cricket sounds. That's right. I don't know where where the rumor sites get their information from, but let's let's just say obviously it's not going to be an early August release because we can see that because it hasn't happened. Exactly. But it raises so many questions on what this camera will be or what we think it should be, or what Nikon rumors thinks it should be. So I think we should start with all the specifications. Okay discuss them and voice our opinions about it. Let's start with the looks first. So we have two retro cameras that were released from Nikon, and a part of all the great film cameras that they had. So we have Nikon DF, which was a retro DSLR, and it was a big and chunky, based basically on specs of D600 body, but with a retro twist. Mm -hmm. And it had this little latch for pre-eye lenses to be mounted on, so which you can just pull back, put the lens on, and then pull it back up if you're using AI and AIS lenses. We obviously had a Nikon ZFC, which is a DX retro body, which is a mirrorless camera. Mm -hmm. And the question is, what do you think the camera will look like? Will it be more like a Nikon ZF, or do you think it's going to be more like ZFC? I think that it will be bigger than the ZFC, for sure, because the ZFC houses a small battery, smaller sensor, but I don't think it's going to be quite as chunky as the DF if they go down that route. I would imagine... I mean, the, the interesting thing about the DF is it's also quite a slim camera. Again, they put a smaller battery in it. I would hope that they're going to put a bigger battery. The Ineo 15 because of its capacity and the ability to charge in camera, et cetera, et cetera. I think that it will probably otherwise have very similar styling to the ZFC. Do you think it's going to be more of a size of a Z6, Z7 bodies, or do you think it's going to be bigger than that? Because obviously DF is more of a Z8 size, effectively. I mean, if you look at... <laughs> just measuring it in my hands. So Z6, Z7, this is the grip, right? You're holding it like this. It's very... Enjoying it. Imagine. Just enjoying it. <laughs> so... I think that it's because all of the retro cameras don't have that built-in grip. I think it's going to be sort of slimmer and and less chunky than a than a Z6. It is rumored that it's going to have some sort of grip built-in. So if ZFC doesn't have one, the renderings that are floating online show a little bit bump okay. on the grip area side of things. Maybe that houses the Enel 15 battery because 
I would not want it to have an ENL 25. Mm -hmm. That's my big, that's that's my big no-no. If it has mm -hmm. an ENL 25, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> I mean, looking at ZFC, ZFC is the biggest DX camera that we currently have at the Nikon lineup. So yes. it's definitely wider than Z50. Sure, for sure. It, it doesn't have that grip. Z50 obviously have a battery goes inside the grip and on ZFC it kind of goes along the body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I personally think that ZF, if it's based on ZFC, mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be significantly bigger. Okay. Maybe it's going to be a tiny bit wider, but I don't think it's going to be a lot bigger than ZFC. I think it's if you take the weeds of Z6, mm -hmm. that's basically what the camera will be. And if you have a little grip there, you probably still have the battery sideways going along the body and not going inside the grip. Sure. Depending on how big the grip is going to be. So I don't think it's going to be as big as Z6 for sure. I can envisage it. Yeah. Now. Now, in terms of dials and controls mm -hmm. on top of the camera, do you think it's going to be more like ZFC or DF? Well, I hope that it's going to be the best of both worlds because the DF, I didn't like that little flush to the body aperture control ring. Mm. I mean, that was a lot different compared to other cameras. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, but it was frustrating to use. The ZFC definitely better with its front and back dial system. But the ZFC is lacking a lot of customizable buttons that I think it really would have benefited from. It would have benefited from a, a function one and a function two. It wouldn't have taken much to add that. So if they can put kind of the combination of the two into this new camera, it would be superb. The top dial's much the same on both cameras. It's not that dissimilar. You've got your shutter speed mm -hmm. dial, you've got your exposure comp dial, and then on the but on both those cameras you had a, a mode dial, like mm. PSAM mode dial. I think that the dial the tactile top panel is going to be basically the same on both on all cameras. All right. And you can DFD in shoot video and ZFC does. Correct. Do you think we're gonna see that? The radical move of not including video. Do you think we're going to have video there as a part of I think of it? it would be really weird if we didn't have video. Yeah. Do you think they're not going to go like her on that? No. I, it wouldn't make sense not to put video in, in every camera yeah. now. It's like, it doesn't cost them anything, Exactly. I, I absolutely agree with you. absolutely agree with you. I don't think, uh, you know, Nikon should skip on that and just make a marketing decision. If it's there, it's there. If you don't want to use it, then don't use it. Exactly. Now, what do you think in terms of the screen? Do you think the back is going to be much the same as the ZFC? Because obviously the DF didn't have an articulating screen. The ZFC has one where you can fully turn it around and close it off so you don't even see the screen. Mm -hmm. and you can pretend you're shooting with a film camera. Okay, I can tell you that I don't really like the screen on ZFC uh -huh. uh, because it uh, feels a little bit cheap-ish, mm. a little cheapy. You know, when I say I go to the cheapy, <laughs> and they give me ZFC. <laughs> um, it looks nice because you can you can kind of turn it the other way yeah. and it suddenly looks like a film camera. That's right. It's all about the looks. Exactly. But in terms of build, it's just overall, I felt that ZFC did feel a little bit more plasticky and screen did feel plasticky as well. Yeah. So I didn't like it because of that. So I feel that if ZF is going to cost around $2,000, which is a rumor that, so then it should have more premium film in terms of build quality and hopefully the screen as well. Mm -hmm. But Realistically speaking, I think I expect it to be basically a ZFC screen because I think it's going to be based on that. That's that's just my my speculation, really. Okay. Um, because technically the body allows to stick a bigger sensor in there and use the same body effectively. You think so? 
Maybe. Okay. Now, let's go to the sensor resolution side. So, Nikon Rumor thinks it's going to be 45 megapixel sensor, and they say it's going to be a sensor from Z7 Mark II, not a Z8, so not a stocked version. We shall see. And he says, I do not expect to see Z8 performance for $2,000. I don't really think we're going to have 45 megapixel sensor for $2,000 because as, as simple as it gets, you release that with a Z7 II sensor, and then Z7 II is actually a more expensive camera. Yeah, you're just going to murder the sales of the Z7 II. How does it do make that. sense? It makes no sense. I mean, I'd love it if we got an update to the old 36 megapixel sensor, as was in the D800 and D810. I really like that sensor, actually. And it's a shame that we don't have a, a mirrorless IBIS version. But I realize technology has moved on now. In terms of BSI, backside illuminated sensors, we've got our 24 megapixels, we've got mm -hmm. our 45 megapixels. I don't know how much work it would be for them to do something with the 36 or whether it's the, there's so many different advancements in technology since then that 36 megapixels is like, forget that, it doesn't work for us sort of thing. I personally think that if a lot of people say that ZF is going to be kind of a bridge camera between Gen 2 and Gen 3 cameras, mm. I think it's going to be based on Z6 too. So, right. so you're thinking 24? I think 24 megapixels for simple reason is I would love for them to release it maybe a 30 plus megapixel sensor. Love it. But then I think it's reserved for Z6 Mark III. And if there is no Z6 Mark III announcement yet, that means that sensor is not ready yet. So uh -huh. that means they probably can use the greatest hits of the sensor, which is 24 megapixels, which you know me, I like a high resolution sensor personally. For me, it's going to be a bit of a downer, but again, logically, I can see them using that sensor of Z6 II in there. It just doesn't make sense to put Z7 Mark II sensor because you basically kill the sales of the more expensive body. Yeah, that makes sense. Particularly if we're hoping to see Z6 III and Z7 III. I don't know if, if they bring out this this camera, I don't know if we're, we'll actually see Gen 3 cameras this year. Seems wild. But yeah. I think we'll probably end up waiting until next year now for that, which is sad. But I do understand what you're saying. If there were a 36 megapixel sensor, for just hypothetically speaking, then they would reserve it for the more yeah. expensive camera. I think the rumor is it's a 33 megapixel Sony stack sensor, which uh, according to a lot of people, Sony is kind of reserving for themselves at the moment. So, That's so rude. Uh, <laughs> but you never know. From another point of view, okay, well, if you have that, sensor what about autofocus do you think autofocus is going to be improved over previous gen 2 bodies because it's going to have xp7 processor or do you think they'll stick to the older processor i think it would make a lot of sense for them not to just take the z62 and put it in different clothing so to speak i mm -hmm. think that we've had enough progress now in terms of autofocus technology from the z8 and the z9 so they'll put something maybe not quite z8 because it would be insane to put a Z8 autofocus into mm -hmm. that camera, but maybe like a, a stripped down version of that with some basic eye face, whatever, subject recognition. Okay. So do you think they're not going to do this whole DX thing where they did like Z50, Z30, and ZFC? So it's basically the same camera, but have different skins like in the Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> special edition. I don't play Fortnite, so I have no idea. Neither I know do there's I. skins in Fortnite. There's so skins that's, in that's, Fortnite. That's there's skins knowledge. in Roblox. There's skins in Minecraft. There's like skins in every game. You, you yeah. see the skins in COD. It's like, you know. Anyway. Great stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> join us next week for Mickey yeah. and Con's amateur gaming podcast. So makes sense not to include XP7. It makes sense to include XP7. It doesn't make a lot of sense to just release a camera which is 
basically two year old technology mm -hmm. in in a retro body. I think that not to sound overly dramatic, but I think that the consumers would feel a bit cheated if that were to be the case. That's right. It's like if they if they'd done it a year and a half ago, no problem. Mm -hmm. But but now we've moved on. We've seen the beautiful results of the Z8 and the Z9. Let's have an XP7 processor. Even if we don't have the same number of focus points, if we don't have the same dramatic number of, of subject detections, but something faster than 6.2 and 7.2. Do you think it's going to be on the same level as ZAZ9? Or do you think it's going to be a middle ground between the Gen 2 cameras and Gen 3 cameras? The second option is yeah. my thought. Well, I don't know what you think. I think about the same. I, you know, It would be nice to get to Z8 and Z9 levels. But... Like, whatever. Nick and Rumors are pricing it between sort of two and two and a half thousand dollars. Yeah. So... I just don't feel that that would be a logical step for Nikon. Yeah, I think if the sensor is not stacked as well, yeah. so you probably won't get as much performance as well, <laughs> but also you probably won't get the frame rate as, as high as those cameras, which I don't think the frame rate is important for camera like this, because if I would have this camera, I'd probably stick my focus lens on it personally. Yeah, exactly. Just go for that full-on retro feel. Now, obviously, there is going to be a lot of speculation about the, the build quality, because you look at Z9 fully weather sealed, Z8 weather sealed, Z62, Z72 not weather sealed. Well, they are weather sealed to a degree. To a degree. So don't dunk them in the bucket of water. No, Ice challenge is not advice for these cameras. That's right. Now, DF also, also wasn't like a weather sealed, weather sealed, if it you wasn't. see what I mean. So it was weather, I think the term that they use is weather resistant. Yeah. Again, uh, like as on a weather sealed, See what I mean? This camera is supposed to be a premium retro camera from Nikon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you position this way, and in my mind, it's a premium retro camera from Nikon. Maybe Nikon thinks very differently from this. Maybe. But if you look at this, okay, I think the build quality should be there. The materials used should be there. Important. So we're thinking yeah. metal. Uh, I hope metal. I hope yeah. you know. I mean, okay, brass would be nice. I don't think we'll see brass. But it's gonna be heavy know, if they do. I mean, why not? Heavy. <laughs> That's why not. <laughs> That's the thing. But obviously, yeah, I don't think we're going to get brass, but I, I think we should feel that the camera is premium. Just in terms of build quality, it would need to feel nice in the hands, yes. like a very precious object. Yeah, exactly. You think that Nikon might go down the route of, I remember when the DF came out and people were very much, particularly in the Japanese market, they were very into modding that camera and like... The blinging it Blinging, exactly. Pimp yeah. um, my... That's right. And I think that, that this could potentially go down that route. Do you think that they would do, you know, what is it the brand, is it TT Artisans that let you kind of brass up your lenses and stuff? Yeah, they, they send you this little sending sponge, you know, yeah. so you can get the lens and then you can just apply the brassing yourself. Make it brass. So it would be kind of cool if this had that. Yeah. That sort of lean to I don't know if Nikon would be in for that. Nikon ZF have Lenny Kravitz edition. Why not? <laughs> exactly. You know, I think it, it just needs to feel premium. It, it, this is the most important because, okay, if we, let's look at not current Leicas or anything like this. Let's look at Nikon film cameras. Does Nikon FM3 or F3 feel nicer in your hands? Like, does it feel a good quality built camera? I mean, it's not a luxury camera, if you see what I mean, but it no. feels like it's well built. It does, totally. And the F3 actually being brass does feel more premium, does, understandably. Does ZFC feels premium? No. Does it feel similar to F3 or FM3A cameras? I mean, arguably it could feel more similar to the FM series, but it's still too kind of... 
I hate to say it, but it's too plasticky to feel For premium. For me, it's more like FM10, personally. Sure. Which was <laughs> we don't, FG20 we don't, or something. We don't talk about that here. Those don't exist. <laughs> They're not made by Nikon, apparently. So, you know, they made by Cosina, one of those. Uh, FM10. I think FM10, yeah. yeah. So I really feel like we need to put premium feel to the camera. And I don't know if a uh, rumored price about $2,000, does it mandate the premium build quality or not? Mm, it's you tough know. with that price point. I don't know if that's accurate. Obviously, again, we're going off rumors, so we have no idea. But if, if it's $2,000, I think that will make it very accessible to more people because it's not going to be uh, an over 2k camera still two thousand dollars for a camera is not a small amount of money no it's a quite premium product isn't it it is so i would hope that we could get at least a reasonably robust camera but yeah i mean the rumored price of two thousand dollars and i want to ask the people on the internet to say like how much would you pay for the premium body if it's based on z6 i'm just looking at united states here and united states price of nikon z6 is basically $1,999. So if you've got a ZF, which is basically will have the sensor of Z6 II, but will have fast autofocus, some video functionality, mm -hmm. you know, more or less the same size and weight and cost the same amount of money, would you buy it? I think, you know, pricing at about the same as Z6 II is actually quite reasonable because from that point of view, ZF technically in terms of technology should be a better camera. Obviously we will see because we will need to compare the video functionality. We will need to see what the buffer is like on this camera, you know, mm -hmm. so, but based on room and specs, if they're priced about the same, ZF seems to be a superior camera. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would say so. If we've got a new processor, even if the sensor is the same, but we have a new processor, we have better autofocus, we potentially have better video. I mean, actually, to be honest, even if the video was the same, the Z6 II is not to be sniffed at in terms of video quality. But AF tracking during the video would be better. Yeah, but with those small upgrades to autofocus, then yeah, I think that that could work really nicely, particularly if it's priced in that two to two and a half thousand price mark. Exactly. And I also, the reason why I feel like it's not going to be 45 megapixel sensor is because 45 megapixel sensor gives you 8K. And I don't think we will see 8K no. at this stage in $2,000 body, no. if you see what I mean. Indeed. So my final question, I think, would be memory cards. Nikon rumors have speculated a single SD memory card slot. And sometimes that is the deciding factor for people as to whether or not they think that this is a professional or an amateur camera. We have seen historically that when Nikon only put one card slot in something, people complain. Yeah. And also, if you look at Z6 II and Z7 II bodies, and Z6 II, because it costs basically the same as rumored price, that one takes two. And one of those cards is CF Express. So yeah. if they don't include CF Express card in ZFC, that's going to be a big down for a lot of people. Because if you were shooting Nikon Z mirrorless system, which is not DX, you kind of got used to shooting with CF Express cards. Yeah. And then coming back to SD cards, well, obviously SD cards are freely available. It tells me that the sports are not going to be as good. Yeah. Because we now get about, what, 300 megabytes writing speed compared to CF Express cards, which are at least, you know, something like three, four times faster. At least, yeah. You know, so, and that means your buffer fills up much faster because it can't record too fast onto the memory card. So it doesn't matter what frame rate you have, the long bursts are probably not going to be possible. Yes. And... Same with video. The same as video. So that's a very interesting point, Becky. So I really hope they will include CF Express card just because it would make the upgrade path for a lot of people easier coming from other Nikon mirrorless bodies. But at the same time, yes, SD card, 
Gifts are freely available. A lot of people have them and they're not as expensive. So even if you don't have one, you will buy one. But yeah, it also means that it wouldn't be a camera for action photography, let's say, you know, fast frames, etc. But uh, I don't think this camera is designed for that. No, you know, I will make an observation. I think that this camera, if it has all the things that we've kind of talked about, or even if it has 90% of what we've talked about or 80% of what we've talked about, it could be the the camera that makes some people who've been hanging on to their, their DSLRs actually shift over to mirrorless. We saw that a lot with D850 users moving to the Z8, but I think this camera might appeal to some of the, maybe the DX users who were using D7000 series or people who were using smaller DSLRs like D600s and D750s who have SD cards, and so they won't necessarily be put off by the fact that there's an, an SD card slot in here. But it's just, just a thought, because who else would this camera be for except for people that, that have, haven't yet transitioned into mirrorless? Will we be seeing Z6 owners upgrade to it? Will we be seeing people who are using the ZFC upgrade to it? I don't know. Well, I don't know, Becky. Do you think uh, ZFC users we'll look at ZF as a next step forward. I mean, they probably came from iPhones, you know, that's the time where they've grown enough that they'll remove their beanies and shave their moustaches. Do you think it, it's, a, it's a next level? It, it could be the next upgrade for ZFC users, but I don't think that the ZFC has been around long enough that there's so many users that this camera is just for them. Do you think it's going to be a good fun camera for Z9 and Z8 users because they would use it for their commercial work? And then they would have that camera maybe to take with them to for a family or just to take with them on holidays. On holiday. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I think that if, I don't know, it's a lot of money for a holiday camera, but. Well, we, we have people on different spectrums and that's the thing. This is true. And also we have noticed that people tend to have one of those bigger bodies as their main cameras. And then the ZFC has become their holiday camera or their walkabout camera. Yeah. So if the size is right, then that might actually be quite a good solution. Well, the rumor is that Rishi is is really fond of ZFC. Mm. You know, I personally think it's probably secretly a ZF and we will see a video three years with Nick and ZF as soon as it's announced. Uh, actually, some people think it's ZF. X actually uh, the name of the camera, not ZF, and the reason for that is Z and then FX as a full frame. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, why is that? And then they say, well, because ZFC, it's not a DX, right? It's a C stands for crop. What does uh, the F stand for? Well, it's like FX full frame. Because what was it? Digital fusion. Digital fusion. So, so C stands for casual, actually, according to Nikon Marketing. So be Z fusion casual, Z fusion X. <laughs> they could call it ZFP. Z Fusion Professional. Yeah, they good. ZFS Digital Fusion. Superior. Is superior. What, S yes. always stands for superior. Right. So. so digital fusion superior. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you that like the way I'm thinking as well is obviously we have a Z8 between the two of us, which we share. Joint and, custody you know, Z8. And we film, you know, things and we use it for commercial work, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah. it is a bit of a big camera. We did some street photography last week and it's a chungus, you know, and when you put it in people's faces, 
they get scared. So having a smaller body like Nikon Z6 or ZF yeah. actually would make it a really nice kind of street photography documentary camera. And while you have the autofocus speed, you don't need high frame rate. No. Obviously, we know a lot of people love their 24 megapixel resolution. It's like a gold standard. And they're happy to stick with it for another 20 odd years. But like I said, from my point of view, I would think that this is the camera I would love to upgrade my Z6 from. And I would stick some old manual focus lenses on it. Maybe Nikon's, well, FTZ adapter. Mm-hmm. Maybe some Leica mount lenses, you mm-hmm. know. And the reason why I'm thinking more Leica type lenses, like white lenses and stuff, because the FTZ adds quite a bit of the length to the lens itself. It so, does. you know, so when you look at the camera, it looks a bit quite front heavy. While with the rangefinder lenses, the adapter itself is quite small. Yeah. And then you can mount those lenses. And even obviously we can now get also focus adapters as well. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking it would be a quite actually a nice street photography setup for me. Well, if it happens, then you can propose that to Nikon. Yeah, definitely. I'll let you know. You know, Nikon release some like amount adapters. Speaking of adapters, Mark Granger released another video yes. saying it's about time Nikon released an FTZ Mark III adapter with autofocus functionality for all the AF type lenses, so non AFS, or even manual focus lenses like pre-AI, AI, and AIS lenses. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yay or nay? This is a tough one because I think based on the technology that would need to go into it to make it also the size that it is, it's not going to be a cheap item. The FTZ2, when you buy it with a camera, is £160. The FTZ Mark III, without any kit discounts or whatever, is going to be like five or six hundred pounds I think because of the cost of the motor and then having to make it small enough I love the idea of it I truly do but will it will people buy it is really what what it comes down to well if you ask internet they will say yes of course but then they won't actually buy it that's the problem and then the point being is it's actually sounds like a fun thing to put your old glass on the new digital cameras obviously not a lot of glass behaves well on uh, high resolution bodies. So we have issues like this. At the same time, we now see those autofocus adapters where you can autofocus old manual focus lenses and they're made by Chinese manufacturers. So we tried the Leica adapter Mm -hmm. that would focus the Leica lens on mirrorless body. So I think we tried with Z6. And the way it does it, it's actually, it doesn't go inside the lens. So it's not like a fork coupling that rotates the motor inside or anything like this. No, it's actually ex- either expands or contracts the distance between the real element of the lens and the sensor itself. From one point of view, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. It's got its own caveats where you need to sometimes set your lens to infinity mm. for it to focus correctly. Do you think Nikon would go this way? Or if they want to do an adapter like this, they would do a proper setup where you wouldn't have those issues. Yeah, I think that Nikon wouldn't go down the route of making a product that would be so limited in its functionality. I think that they would want to do it right, essentially. So they would want to put a a reasonably quiet, reasonably fast motor in there. And I think that that's where really the answer to the question, will they do one, lies. I don't think that they would consider it necessarily good spend of R&D money, but Mm -hmm. also I don't think that they'll think that enough people will take up on it because it's going to have to be costly. They're not going to put a mechanical motor into an FTZ. They would need to, you know, like the pin drive motor is what they need to put. I just don't see it happening. Coming fork. 
Yeah. Well, the first question to the public is, would you pay around six, seven hundred dollars for adapter like this? But like realistically, you know? because if Nikon announced one tomorrow, will you be signing up to buy one is, is more yeah. the question, because a lot of people say, oh, yeah, absolutely, I'd buy that. But actually, yeah. we know that they wouldn't. But also, also, let me throw a couple of comments that will come under this video and say, Nikon forgetting us SLR slash DSLR users. I'm going to switch to Lego, you know, and then I have a set of lenses. Nikon forgot about me, yada, yada, yada. How dare they cripple their cameras, yada, 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 yada. So what do you say to that? From my point of view as well, Nikon recently released this video accessory, which is called MCN10. And it's designed for videographers, very niche product, yeah. obviously designed for those group of people who would pay premium. It's not a cheap item, you know, but people who need that function, they'll buy it. And I know that it's probably not a massive seller for them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of a niche product. And it shows that Nikon is interested in expanding this videography niche and yeah. get into the space. Eventually, I mean, we heard rumors that Nikon is considering to look into videography and may potentially release some video lenses in the future. And obviously all their Z lens designs now have minimal breathing with the point of using those cameras for videography. Yeah. Now, do you think if Nikon can release item like this, mm -hmm. which is not going to sell high numbers, they can also release an FTZ Mark III to show the support to all this legacy that they've created over hundreds of years? I think it would be lovely if they do. And yes, if they can. I don't know, the MTN10 maybe it's popular in other markets. We're not known for selling you know, accessories to videographers necessarily. So maybe our sort of view on it is a little bit skewed towards yeah. the still shooters. But yes, I think yeah. it would be a lovely thing. Yeah, I think my point being is if they can design a product like this, they can potentially get a student, put him in one of those corners in the dark area of the building Here's where no cubicle. one goes <laughs> and say, Here's FTZ Mark II, make it work yeah. with the D type lenses, AF type, and also AI pre AI lenses. And yeah. here's a FTZ, a potato, and a couple of wires. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> it would be great. It would be great. My feeling that it won't happen. I have that feeling. I, th I think that Nikon moved on from this. And a lot of you who buy the new gear, you also say that I do enjoy the new lenses that Nikon release because they're incredibly sharp. Yes. You look at even the replacements, direct replacements to Nikon F-mount lenses. The Z lenses are superior than F-mount lenses. So you do get that. But also, at the same time, we can't brush everyone under the same rug. I think everyone is different, and some people would like to experiment with their older lenses because of their character. Mm. A bokeh rendering, maybe some flares, maybe lack of multi-coatings. Yes. You know. At the same time, you can still do it. FTZ adapter exists. If you've got a set of manual lenses, they still will focus manually, Yeah, which is really nice. And actually, the experience of focusing on mirrorless body is actually nicer than on DSLR because you've got an electronic screen and you can zoom in to 100% to check if the image is sharp. Well, the point is, like, you can still do that. But autofocus, I assume, would be nice to have if it comes at a quite high cost, which would cost about the same as, let's say, maybe another lens, mm. then it really would make me think personally. But what do you think? Me or yeah. them? But what do you think? <laughs> don't, yeah, don't ask me because otherwise we'll still be talking in 10 minutes time. Good. And here you go. That's uh, fingers crossed. So hopefully when you watch this on the 2nd of August, the camera hasn't been announced because otherwise that would be, all this conversation would be pointless. Just um, throw it out. Exactly. But now we're going to move on to the rest of the podcast, which is going to be very short. So don't worry too much about that. Okay. So 
Next up, we have some new L plates for the Nikon Z8 from Really Right Stuff and Kirk Photo. So now we have a bunch of options. We've got Really Right Stuff at $200. $200, yeah. So the base plate is about AC. The L plate with the base plate is $200. Yeah, Good so gracious. I know. And then we got Kirk at $160. And then we had three-legged Zoe. Yeah, um, we which, have three-legged thing. Three-legged thing called Zoe. She's a nice girl. She's out in September and she's $129. Yeah. Can be yours. Or $129 apparently. Then small rig, I put it as $50. I think it could be $60 in the United States, but the only place I could find that L plate is on Amazon.co.uk and not even small rig website. So the only place you can order now is Amazon. Yeah, they are out of stock at the moment. We do have one ordered with them so that we can test it out but unfortunately they've been out of stock for quite a while and they're hoping to have another shipment i think not until august september time okay so this one is 50 dollars, and then the last one is leo photo which is about 139 dollars. so quite a spread so from 50 dollars to about 200 dollars. exactly a lot of people say you get what you pay for in this case i mean i've been using small rig z6l plate and it still performs really well after about two three years so i don't have any issues with that yeah what's to go wrong with them exactly the three-legged thing is oh should be manufactured in the uk it will be and uh, really right stuff and kirk i believe is manufactured in the united states so if you want to support your own land the jobs in your country that could be the way to spend more and justify your spend and then we've got layer 42 which is 139 dollars and you know, I don't know where it's made. I will say that if you do want to order from Grays of Westminster, we are stockists of three-legged thing, and you can order the Zoe. It is on pre-order. The, there is a high demand for them, so please do get your order in as soon as you can. Zoe is a popular girl. She is popular, and she will be shipping in September. Now, the last bit of news, we have this article on DP Review, which basically discusses the mobile apps that all manufacturers have to connect your beloved camera mm -hmm. to your mobile telephone or cell, as they call it in other parts of the world. So cell phone. There's an interesting bit at the end of it where they go through ratings of those apps. Yes. And tell us that actually it's not that bad and unique in wireless world. It's not. So Canon's Camera Connect app has an average rating of 4.65 stars out of 5, while Nikon Snapbridge isn't far behind at 4.35 stars. Wowza. Folks, I'm very pleased to hear that. As, as users of Snapbridge every single week, I'm very pleased to hear that. Perhaps Sony's 1.85 rating will improve as a greater proportion of its users move to recent cameras that support constant connection. And though we suspect Fujifilm would have hoped its new X app would score higher than its current 2.25 rating, up from dismal 1.5 stars, that the older Camera Connect app achieved. You know, I think actually Nikon Snapbridge has done quite well in those rankings all in all that's right those are ratings by people like you the actual users of those apps so yeah. it's not the, it's not a review by a tech blog or anything like this it's actually people like you that voted and gave five or four stars to the app so one star you know because the internet made me think that uh snubbridge is not a good app but we and yet we use it <laughs> and yet we use it on a weekly basis and generally once you manage to connect your camera mm -hmm. you generally find exactly and what's interesting to me as well that they say that those apps and the technologies in cameras in proving quite a bit as well so the new camera you have it's highly likely that the connection is going to be more stable and faster with the app that you have so yeah 
go and read it in exactly. full if you'd like. We've included the link in the description box for you. All right. Now, on to third-party news. Tamron officially announced a development of the 35-150 F2 2.8 DI lens for Nikon Z-mount. It's something that we discussed a couple of weeks ago where it was rumored by uh, a chap called How to Fly. This time he was right. He was right. This is wild. Very, very glad. They've said that the launch will be in the autumn mm -hmm. or fall for our American followers. They say, and here is the announcement, it says 35 to 150 f2 to 2.8 covers wide angle through telephoto and is ideal for both travel and portrait photography. So this is the first zoom lens for the Nikon Z mount to have a maximum wide open aperture of f2. And the idea behind it is that they've incorporated the most frequently used focal lengths from wide angle to standard to medium telephoto and telephoto all within a single lens. I think that this is quite an exciting announcement. Yeah, I think so. I mean, just looking at the comments under that podcast that we did, people say that this particular lens is the GOAT. And uh, it's just sweared by professional photographers saying this is the one to get, really. And for you to warm up for the release of that lens, there's a video review of the Sony E version. This lens is only available for Sony E mounts at this moment, so it's coming second to Nikon Z, which is really nice. We have a review for you by old-school DP Review Classics, Chris and Jordan, who are no longer with DP Review. They now travel in the world with Petapixel. But they reviewed this lens about a year ago, and they actually said, in pros section, they said it's basically a contender for the lens of the year. That's all you need to know. So it's one of the best lenses that was released last year. In terms of cons, they said that the flare is a bit of an issue, so if you don't like flare, then probably it's not the lens for you. The lens is heavy but manageable and the price is quite expensive for Tamron lenses but quite competitive with the first party manufacturers like Canon's, Nikon's and Sony's of the world. Fantastic. Now more Tamron news. They did publish a list of various lenses for various mounts that can no longer be repaired. This includes Nikon. We have it on the screen and we'll include the link in the description box. So if you have a Tamron lens and you want to check if it can be repaired then just go and check that out when you have a moment. The end of life. And now to a Sony to Nikon adapter. So Megadap finally released its uh, long rumored ETZ21 Pro adapter. And we finally know what's the difference actually between the two. Yes. So basically what they did is they removed the connecting parts on the adapter for USB cable. So now you can update it via normal USB cable instead of using the special cable that was supplied. How fantastic. Yeah, pretty good, isn't it? The release button has been redesigned which I guess is better than before. Yeah, it looks a little bit more sturdy. Yeah, and then they have better support for Nikon Z8 and Z9 bodies, which is very interesting. That's interesting because I have a Megadap adapter for my Leica M-mount to Z-mount mm. lenses, and the little cable that comes with it that clips on to update the firmware is very fiddly. So the fact that they've now allowed it to normal, I don't quite understand how you would update it, but... I'm assuming that it's something on the contacts or whatever. Hopefully it's just going to be a slightly improved system. Well, they also say that, that some Tamron lenses that had the issues with the previous version of the adapter now won't have that issue as well. So if you do have Tamron lenses, you've got a winner on your hands. Nice. Now let's move along to our weekend read and watch segment. A.K.A. Random Things on the Internet. So the Lord of Light himself, Ken Rockwell, published a definitive review on Nikon Z8. When I see his reviews, I always send funds to him to support his growing family. 
indeed. So you can check that out on YouTube. Now, we also have the lovely Matt Irwin, who has published a Z8 versus Z9 in the field, plus stills, real world look at image quality rendering. You know, like we all say, oh, 45 megapixels, oh, they look the same, or oh, they have slightly better dynamic range. But actually to see the results and what the difference is like, you need to find someone who do that. And Matt Irwin is the chap who went and spent all the time compared the thing that no one else did. That's right. And we thank him for his service to the community for that. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. And that's a wrap. Thanks for watching us this week. Yes, thank you very much for watching and or listening. Please give us a like and a subscribe if you're on YouTube. We appreciate all 20,000 plus of you that have joined us. Do you know the things that are called podcasts? Apparently, it's where people talk in audio, but there's no visuals. And if you'd like to do this, there's Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. So we're all there. You know what else would be useful? Your review or rating on those podcast platforms, because we want to grow big, as big as you, our YouTube following. Indeed. And if you'd like to find us on the internet where we occasionally post things, we're on Instagram at the moment. Yes, I've just... <laughs> published a bunch of pictures yeah. taken with my 35Ti. That's right. So sometimes we publish reviews and then we actually have the aforethought to share the pictures on social media. So you can find me at Rebecca underscore Danese. You can find the shop at Nikon at Grays. And I'm at Konstantin Koshkin. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm so glad that's over. <laughs>